even before moving here to Grove City. Um, in one of the most important moments of my life, well, actually several of the most important moments of my life, but uh, one of the most important moments of my spiritual life happened uh, when we were living in Dayton. Ben was maybe six or eight weeks old at the time. Uh, you know, just really tiny. Um, and Cindy had just gone back to work. And one night, he wouldn't settle down. He was crying and unhappy, and she had to go to bed because she had to work in the morning. And I'm not a good mom, and I'm not a good nurse, and I don't know what to do. And being a marginal husband like I am, I said, I've got the baby. You go to sleep. You take, take care of yourself. I'll go take care of the baby. We'll figure this out. Um, so I loaded Ben up in his stroller, and I shared his whininess with the rest of our neighborhood. Uh, we, you know, we walked down our street and around the corner and, and walked around some of the other streets there in the neighborhood. And, and at this time, um, we were in kind of a, a rough season at the church. Um, I had... Uh, just a couple months before Ben was born, I had uh, hired a person and it wasn't working out. Um, I had buyer's remorse really early on, and there was uh, a lot of anxiety in the church because of some of the things uh, associated with this hire. Um, and I wouldn't have admitted it at the time, but in my heart, I was asking the question, will God continue to love me if this church fails? Right? Like, will, will God love me if the church isn't healthy? Will, will God uh, still love me if, if, you know, if we don't grow, if, um, if people are mad all the time, and, and if, um, if we're in kind of that, that downward spiral together? So I'm, you know, I'm walking Ben around the neighborhood. He's starting to calm down. Um, and, you know, this... This sense of uh, inadequacy and insecurity is all around me. Um, and as I'm asking this question, I look down at Ben and I say, Man, I love you, kid. And from the inner part of my soul, I hear this voice cry out. Why do you love him? What has he done to deserve your love? And the answer is nothing. Because our love for our children does not come from what they have done or what they haven't done. Our love for our children comes from the reality that they are ours. Uh, our love is not conditioned on what they do. It is a choice that we make out of who we are. And then that same small voice from within me, uh, you know, pointed out the foolishness of my thinking. 
Because the reality is that God's love for us isn't based on anything that we do or don't do. God loves us because that's who God is. God's love for us comes out of the character of who He is, not out of our deserving it. In our text for today, Jesus uses a couple different images to drive home this point. That the first one um, is uh, is the, the friend who's looking for a loaf of bread. And Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend, and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside says, Don't bother me. The door is already locked, and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. Now in the 21st century, sometimes we read this and we make the assumption, oh, it's just that this person is persistent. And I think there is some truth to that. But I think Jesus is tapping into a more important point and piece of what it is to be Jewish. Uh, what it is to be a, a person of God there in the first century, which is that God's greatest desire for his people is that they would show hospitality. Like, you look at the Old Testament, and God is continually teaching his people to show hospitality. Uh, when uh, the people fall under God's judgment, it is because they have failed to show hospitality. So it's not just the audacity of, you know, give me some bread, give me some bread, penny. Um, uh, but more so, it is when you go to their house and you remind them who they are. You are a person who is committed to hospitality. Don't tell me you're asleep. Uh, I'm not asking you for this because I deserve the bread. I'm asking you this because I know it's who you are. You are a person who at your core, at your, your, your most basic commitment religiously, is to show hospitality. Jesus goes on. He says, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks received, and the one who seeks find, and the one who knocks the door will be opened. So which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If then, though you are evil, you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? comes back to who God is. It's not that we deserve a fish and not a snake. 
that God is the sort of God who wants to give us fish. God is the sort of God who, who wants to give us our greatest possible lives. God is the sort of God who, who, isn't, um, who isn't concerned with a lot of the, the vanities of the other gods as part of the cultural pantheon. God wants to know his people and be known. So this week, VBS kids, I need you to answer some questions for me. Night one, what did you learn? God 
God's generosity that he invites us. Um, in John chapter 6, Jesus says, that I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Now this, uh, as you might have imagined, would ruffle some feathers uh, of people who, you know, think that sounds like it's bordering on cannibalism. Uh, and, and, and Jesus addresses this in verse 41. John writes that at this, the Jews there began to grumble about him because he said, I am the bread that came down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he now say, I come down from heaven? And then jumping forward to verse 52. Then they began to argue sharply among themselves, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? That's a pretty radical notion that, that you know, sounds bad. But Jesus replies, Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. Just as the living Father has sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. When we come to the table, it's, it's not uh, just symbolic. It's not just something we do because it's religious. There is something about coming to the table, there is something about participating in communion that puts Jesus within us. When we eat the body and the blood of Christ, we are filled with the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit, when we experience God's love in this way, um, it's then that we start having moments like when we're walking around our seven-week-old baby and... We're reminded of God's love in the mundane aspects of life. So in a moment, uh, we will gather together at the Lord's table. Uh, we will celebrate communion through uh, a process that uh, we've come to know as intinction, which is just a fancy Greek word for saying that the the communion server will tear off a piece of bread and hand it to you, and you will dip it into the cup. Now, we do this because it reminds us of uh, Jesus' last supper with his disciples, where Judas took his bread and dipped it in the cup of Christ. It reminds us that, that we are, um, that we share in uh, salvation because we also share in sin. It is uh, the sin that separates us from God, and it's Jesus' redemptive power that saves us from slavery to sin and death. 
So in a moment, uh, when you come forward to receive the, the bread and dip it into the cup to receive the juice, um, recognize that, that in so doing, we are experiencing Jesus in our lives in, in a special way. We are inviting Jesus to live within us so that we can live uh, not in a way that loves people based on the condition of who they are or what they've done, but loves people based on the Christ that lives within us. Let's pray.